Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. A bit cheerier than last week, I suspect. Uh, and I'm joined by Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, a good result on the on the weekend. Um, and seems like it was just enough to dissipate all of the doom and gloom that descended very quickly after a, you know a couple of disappointing. Um, well, I don't even know if it's a couple. Personally, I think only really the cup game is probably the disappointing result. I think like the other one is fairly par for the, like sort of where we're at. Like it's a they're a top team and they pipped us at the post. I don't really think that's too much to be disappointed about overall. But anyhow, game on the weekend much better. <laughs> much better, yeah. It, it was a it was a really interesting one. Obviously, first home game of the season uh, was at twenty thousand, just about on the dot in in the stadium. Um, lower bowl pretty much filled up. So there was a lot of anticipation talk about the fact that we needed a, a positive performance, not not necessarily just to, to quell any fears or anything like that, but just, you know, full house just about. You want to encourage all the supporters to come back for the next home game. And, you know, Tufan clearly took it upon himself to, to make sure of it. Mm, I think the other thing is like last season particularly, or probably over the last couple, we haven't really made... Um, what is now the MKM or the KCOM when it was, but like a, a fortress where, you know, we picked up as many points at home as we could. We seemed to be, even I think last year it was almost the opposite. We barely, couldn't get a grab a win at home, but we were picking up points on the road. So it's um, it's good to make, you know, if we can if we can turn MKM into a bit of a, a bit of a fortress where we're, you know, hard to beat, we play good football, we, we pick up points there, then I think that's, you know, that that's, uh, that'll be a good thing. It's going to be really interesting because um, I feel like under Grant, we um, seem to excel much more in that counter-attacking role when teams had more more of the ball than us and we could launch a counter-attack and score a lot of goals. I think there was, it must have been the season we went down where we had easily the league most sort of counter-attack goals. Um, whereas now it feels almost the opposite where when you get a side like Chef Wednesday sitting back and letting us have all of the ball you see such a dominant display as that where we can press them in the final third and, and really make the most of opportunities that way. Whereas <clears throat> against Norwich, that would seem to be more of a struggle when we were out of possession and not able to control the tempo. So it, it's going to be an interesting one to see what we do when we play against, you know, your Swansea's, your Southampton sides like that, who will likely have the ball more than us, but at least for this one, um, a really positive display against a side, um, you know, essentially there for the taking, but you, you've still got to do a job and, and put them away. Yeah, I think um, not probably not the, the strongest team we're going to play this season. But um, as you say, you can only play what's in front of you. And I think we did that fairly well at the, the two goals. We switched off for 10 seconds in the game pretty much and got two goals for, from those 10 seconds. Um, I think just as like on the possession thing, and I, I think the the better we get at maintaining possession, even against those top sides, like we struggled to hold possession and they were pretty good and they put us under pressure. So that, and I think that contributed to it, but as we get better at maintaining that possession, um, you know, then even against those top sides, that should start to balance out a little bit. So we're not so much, you know, 70, 30, you know, against us, we can turn it into a bit of a 50, 50 um, in terms of possession and, and it becomes a bit more even, but at the moment, especially against Norwich, like 
when they pressed us, we sort of struggled to to keep possession, and that's an area where we obviously all recognise we still need to, to, you know, there's room for improvement in that maintaining possession when we are under pressure. But um, I think yeah, that that the, the game against uh, Chef Wednesday was there was there was lots and lots of um, positives out of that game. Um, you know, it, there, there was goals. Um, there was great, you know, passing movements. We were passing it, you know, whatever, however people want to make the distinction uh, out from the back instead of around the back or, you know. Um, but I think we seemed to have, and I think it was because it was because of the space that Chef Wednesday allowed us, but we had, you know, we were more um, decisive with that play. So we got the ball and we were moving it quickly because we had options available, whereas obviously, you know, a team like Norwich, and as you say, mentioned some of the other teams who are going to give us a bit more of a challenge throughout the season, they're going to put us under more pressure, limit those opportunities, and we need to, um, we are going to have to figure out ways to work around that. But Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about some of the players in particular and um, and the game itself then. Um, we had Kilo and um, McLaughlin come into the side for Vinagre and Vaughan uh, with Greaves. It's interesting. Like, I'd say Greaves shifted across the left back, but uh, I'd, I'd want to get your opinion on it. It almost felt like we were playing with three at the back because Coyle was playing so mm. high up the pitch that it felt like it was basically just three at the back. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, and I think I think it might have been a little bit of some sneakiness from Rosie because I think, you know, we, we lined up and everything indicated it was a 4-4. Uh, like a four four two or whatever, but you're right. Like we had a designated winger in Lakilo on the left hand side. Coyle pushed and sat very very high in line with the midfield for ninety percent of the game, basically, and, and acted as like a wing back or a winger on that side. Traore pushed inside into the middle to make a three in the middle, really. So you we kind of did really play with a three five two. So um, it, it was almost like a three five two where Greaves was still basically the left back because it meant then that Lakilo mm. didn't have to track back, but it was like, it's almost like a lopsided it a, formation. It was a bit of a, it was an interesting one because I I noticed how high coil was and like, you know, but Greaves was still sort of operating in that left-hand channel. And I was like, wow, Coyle's getting really high. He's getting, but he's, he's getting, he had so much ball. And I thought he had, it was one of his best games I've seen in play, mm. I think in a long time. Um, and yeah, I was like, man, he's leaving a lot of space in behind, but, for, I'm not sure what it was. Maybe just the extra man with Traore pushing in the extra man in midfield meant that Chef that that um, Wednesday couldn't really, you know, capitalize on that space or what. But um, we seem to it seemed to work and we seem to handle that um, that pretty well. I think the only thing, you know, uh, I thought Lakila had not. I don't know. I thought he had a good game. I didn't think he, he wasn't outstanding. But it, there was some really nice positives in that, you know, he got the ball and he, he you know, tried to take his man on a few times. He wasn't necessarily, I don't think he was, he wasn't sloppy with possession. I thought he, you know, he tried to take it on. If it wasn't working, he tried to come back, tried to find a pass um, where we've had plenty of wingers who, you know, just can't get either. They are, they can't take a player on and they can't, and they can't hold possession. They can't do anything. So I thought he was pretty good in that. I think the th- the only the only real like down- negative on his performance was um, with that free kick, which then resulted in the goal. Was he um, didn't didn't drop in and, and track that? I was going to ask about that goal though, that, but it was a weird, but it was very strange because we're, we're always told to, yeah, we're always told to play to the whistle, 
and the ref blows the whistle so the players stop and they then score as a result of it. I feel like it was a very frustrating situation. And Rosie mm. sort of spoke about it in the aftermath and I, I get his frustration because it's sort of two in two games of refereeing decisions kind of impacting us on the score sheet. And and I can imagine that when we went 1-0 down, the pressure he would have felt and the, um, the I guess, the frustration because of the way that we've been dominating the game to have... The, that as the manner of the goal. Um, yeah, look, I mean, like he, he's critical of the players for not tracking back and, and getting the shape right, but it was such a weird one. Yeah, it was. It's certainly, um, certainly strange, but I think, you know, the positive is the response. Um, mm. You know, I th- we, we, we carried on. We didn't drop our heads. We kept doing what we're doing. Um, earned the pen, um, which I think, you know, was, was well deserved. Um, we worked hard. We'd worked really hard. We'd created a few really good opportunities and just hadn't quite been able to put them away. But um, sort of from that moment on, it sort of almost was never really in doubt. Two fans just sort of grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. Then, yeah, and and to be fair as well, it's not as if it was just two fans. There were players, and that's oh. why. And we were saying like you know the 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 endeavor from the whole team from mm. the start of the game was so good. Like you know. Eight minutes into the game, Slater nicks the ball yeah. off. Um, is it Bannon, Bannon I think? Yeah. Um, forces a really good save. That twist and play from Delap, where I think he hammers it into the post. I think we were one 0 down at that point in the game. But you know, for De- you know, Delap probably didn't have as good a game as the Norwich game. But I still thought he had flashes where he looked really positive, and, and that was probably the biggest one for him. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really um, progressive, attacking, positive display from the whole team, even as you say, when we went one nil down against Doncaster and we conceded, we kind of folded a bit, <clears throat> but in this game, we went one nil down and we just kept pushing and, and got mm. our, you know, reward, I suppose, for that endeavor with, with the goal just before halftime. I think the thing with Delap, the potentially why he seemed better against Norwich was they were obviously pressing us. They were much higher up mm. the pitch, which had much more space for him to get in behind. So it might be one that we need, that, or not for we, but Rosie thinks about in the future is like how teams are playing, how they expect to set up against us because it might be one where, you know, Oscar might have been the better choice to start against Wednesday who are going to sit deeper and going to be protect, like, you know, on the edge of their box mm-hmm. a bit more where a poacher might have been a better um, sort of an option there um, just because of, you know, there wasn't going to be lots of spacing behind to exploit. So, but I think, you know, because he came on and, and you know, uh, I think we talked about the, the, the high press and his bit of pressure, you know, resulted in Connolly getting possibly the easiest goal that he'll ever probably score. But um, what's the keeper doing there? Like, what, what's he? What's he? Like, oh. he's come across to get the pass, but like, I mean, it's sort of—is it the defender who's not looking? Uh, it's a bl- like I don't know why you blind pass in that situation to begin mm. with, but also keeper didn't really help himself. I, I'm not sure exactly where that pass was meant to go. Whether it was supposed to go to the keeper or to the the other the center back, um, but wherever it was supposed to go, it didn't go there. Um, and I really, you just go. Th- that's the perfect press, though. You've got mm. one bloke putting pressure on the on the um, ball carrier, and the other striker has shifted in to cut off those passing lanes, and you know picked it up. Yes, the keeper got himself wildly out of position. I'm not. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know what he was doing, but I'm not complaining. Also, and I'm sure Connolly's yeah. not complaining either. <laughs> And um, of course, Tufan's second goal was it was a pretty good recreation of Modi Army's winner at at, uh, mm. at Wembley. Um, you know, great great run from Slater. I mean, he had a couple of those runs, and as he did against Norwich, and we sort of flagged the fact that I think he's going to earn a couple of penalties this season with that sort of fleet footed 
um, movement into the box. Um, on this occasion, you know, Chef Wednesday just sort of back off, back off, back off. He passes the ball into Tufan and, and he just slots it top bins. Uh, you know, it would have been awesome to be sitting in the stands behind. Uh, oh, there go my dogs. Uh, it would have been awesome to be sitting in the stands behind um, behind that goal to watch it curl in because it just is it's that perfect curl into the top corner. Um, you know, a goal fitting to win any game. Yeah, it was a sensational finish, um, and you know, didn't he, he's shown glimpses of that? I think last year where he sort of get the the ball on the edge of the box and he just couldn't quite get his range right, but um, or last season rather, but. He just, yeah, just got it, had a little touch, looked up and just, I don't know how he like faces across the field and can like pivot and swivel and hit it so sweetly that it just, you know, he's traveling outside the the post and then curls its way just it, like inside. It was, um, I think they called it as, you know, an early um, poss- possibility for a goal of the season. Oh, for um, sure. So it was, I was, yeah, real, real, real good. I think, um, but yeah, just, I think, I think yeah, lots lots of players really stood up um, in this game, and it was really positive, um, really positive performances uh, from individuals and from the team as a whole. Um, so I think it, you know, the the weird yeah the weird mood that was around some of the supporters from those first couple of games. I think this has quelled it a little bit. You know, we 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 can score goals. Um, you know, we put in a strong performance at home in front of the home fans. I don't really know what else we what else you got to do. So I think yeah, um, well, I'm I was going to ask you the next couple of games. Yeah, I was going to ask you what what you think as a final coming on the game. What you think this does for a senior? Because I, I know, um, you know, towards the end of last season, there's a lot of draws, preseason similar, and then the losses to start the season. People were getting a little bit restless and and, and sort of thinking, where's this going? Where are we seeing this improvement in, in displays? We get this great win over Chef Wednesday. We'll talk in a second about the Blackburn game, which I think will be a really big chance to capitalise on this momentum. But surely this, as you as you said there, Surely this starts to bring back some of that positive feeling around the club. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, um, like, for me, I, you go, you know, it doesn't really matter who you're up against. A good performance, a good strong win like that is, it, you know, you, you just take it. You say that that's a good win. That's good. We can build confidence, build some performance, at, like um, momentum out of that. Um, obviously, there's going to be a bunch of naysayers who are going to say, oh, well, you know, this is a team who's going straight back down to League One. Um, so this doesn't really mean anything. But, um, yeah, look, I think probably for Rosie, I think probably really speaks it's just a little bit of um, like vindication for himself just to say, you know, what we've been doing, we can produce it, you know, in the league, in the games that matter. So um, he's been working away. He knows what he wants to get out of him. He knows they're all capable of doing it, but it's been, I guess, inconsistent and it still probably is and it might be for a little while, but, you know, maybe not. Hopefully this is the end of the inconsistent patch. Absolutely. Well, look, um, we'll move on and talk about off-field news in a second. But first of all, I will grab your votes for the game. Okay. So um, the three points is probably going to be pretty easy to guess, um, however you want to justify it. But I'll go a, a point for every goal that he scored. Um, so Tufan can have the three points. I thought just he just – I just think about when we signed him and, and – what they, you know, um, the was it Watford? I can't remember. Yeah, Watford players or whatever. Was, you know, he's lazy and he's fat and he's raw and he doesn't do like this and he's not. He's no good. And 
he just seems to be i don't know what it is maybe it's just he's he's content and he's happy with with where he's at and what's going on now but he just is he really just seems to ooze class for us at the moment um, i thought he had a really good preseason and just a sensational game um against chef wednesday and i thought he, he was good against um, norwich as well so he just oozes class um so three points for two fan uh, i'm gonna go two points to coil who i thought as I, I think i mentioned earlier had one of his best games in the city shirt was bombing up and down that wing whipped in a few really good crosses involved in a lot um and one point i'm going to jones who i thought had a really good game stepped in a couple of um vital interceptions like oh not necessarily vital, but good interceptions like on the halfway line that broke down, um, you know, Wednesday's attempt at starting attacks. Um, I thought just controlled the back line pretty well, controlled the ball, was good distributing out. So I'm going to go a point for Jones. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I can't argue with Tufan for the three votes. Um, he absolutely ran the show. Um, I went two votes for Slater, who I thought was really clearly up for it against his... Um, you know, youth, youth team at Chef United's uh, main rivals um, was clearly on it from the first minute to the last and, and put in a really good display. Um, and then I went Greaves for the one vote. I thought in that sort of hybrid centre-back, left-back role, he got absolutely hammered a couple of times during the game, uh, drew blood for that penalty as well and uh, put in a really commanding performance. So, look, and there's so many other players that we, we haven't even mentioned, like Traore I thought was, you know, awesome in midfield and um, and got the assist for that third goal. Um, I thought Seri was was comfortable on the ball as always and, and put in a brilliant shift. Um, and yeah, as we said, Connolly coming off the bench, getting in the right place, right time for that that uh, bit of pressing with with, um, with with Oscar. My dog certainly seemed to agree. <laughs> but we'll look. We'll move on. We'll talk a uh, bit of off-field news um, that's certainly broken over the last few days, which was uh, pretty exciting with some transfer news coming in. Uh, we've got the news that Twine might be signing or, or is signing on loan from Burnley, uh, which is one that we sort of pursued last summer. He, he chose Burnley over us. And then there was sort of talk during the season of whether we'd be trying to get him back in on loan. Um, had seen some rumours that basically after we played them in the league last season, um, there was a bit of a, an agreement that we came to then. Um, but it looks like it's finally happening um, this week. And uh, we'll see what happens with that one. But what do you think about Twine coming into the club? Um, yeah, I think that could be a really n a nice um, signing. I think our, you know, he'll potentially really complement, you know, slipping, sl sliding into that into the midfield. Um, just somewhat like I think with like you know, like Woods is on the outer, Doherty's injured. I'm not sure for how long and um, and when he returns what really is his role. So I think, um, you know, I think Twine could be a really good um, signing in to, to, to help and, you know, a bit of depth and quality, I think, as well in that, um, in the midfield. Um, and, that, you know, a young player who's got lots of promise. So, I mean, I'd be pretty, I'll be pretty happy when that, if, when, if that gets announced, confirmed. Yeah, and then, and then, you know, other players that we've been linked to as well, Raksaki from Palace, who I thought was pretty much nailed on to be going to Leicester and, and still well could be. I think he's also linked to Ipswich. Club seems pretty po uh, positive that they can get a deal over the line. And look, I mean, we, not to draw the comparison to Ebioe, but we, we were sort of sitting in a similar position where we thought he was more likely to go to a QPR or someone mm. like that. And he did end up choosing us. So 
um, you know, we should back the club in in terms of getting mm. deals done. That they end up being quite confident in. Um, there's another unnamed winger as well, supposedly bringing in on a permanent deal, who um, the club's being very secretive about because they're they're worried about alerting rivals to this player's availability, which. You know, it's a nice old-fashioned transfer. Perhaps it will break when we actually see a player lifting the shirt, which would be a bit of a novelty this day and age. Yeah, look, um, I think the Raksaki from Crystal Palace, I think, like, the you know, that loan with the BUA might, you know, work in our favour. You know, he came in, he played games, he got minutes at the end of, the, of last season, um, and obviously, you know, that's what Crystal Palace is going to want out of their loans to know that, they're going to send that, their player out and he's going to get minutes and get to play, you know, first team at a decent level. And I think he's um, certainly got that option um, if he comes here because I know also that it looks like Longman is uh, looking at some offers. I think he turned turn down Turkey, but um, I'm sure there'll be some others that'll be chasing him. Um, but it doesn't really seem like he's in the fold for the first team at the moment based on obviously getting the sort of the tap on the shoulder to say, go and find somewhere where you can get some football this season. Um, um, yeah, but certainly an unnamed, unnamed mystery winger. Um, it certainly makes talking about them difficult, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it is exciting. I mean, I like, I like the suspense. I like the intrigue. Um, the fact that they're leaving them unnamed kind of makes me think like, you know, I guess it's, potentially my imagination running away, but you go, well, they must be like someone who's got a bit of like, you know, profile to them mm. that like, that if people realize we were chasing that they, you know, a bunch, they might jump on the bandwagon or, or yeah. whatever. So I'm not really sure exactly what that is. It sounds like it, surely it's another one of these, um, you know, Ill, uh, Ajun's, you know, contacts, um, you know, but who knows? Um, I'm I'm excited to see what what happens with that one anyway. See where that yeah. Goes. I'm just curious to see how it is more than mm. anything. Um, I think it'll be interesting. We've got some comments in the chat um, suggesting Robbie McCrory potentially as a keeper that we should be looking at. He uh, played last season for Rangers and was very solid. He's being chased by United, but probably doesn't want to go there as a backup. Could be an interesting option. I, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know that we are supposedly getting pretty close to signing a keeper as well, which I think is going a bit under the radar given the other business um, up the front mm. end of the pitch. But, um, you know, certainly someone to to challenge Ingram to provide probably a bit more of a backup than mm. Lototala or potentially to start uh, will be interesting. I mean, we talked last week about poor old Matt Ingram. I mean, he's seen off two competitors now for the number one shirt with Baxter and, um, and uh, Darlow moving on to other clubs. So... Um, potentially could see off a third, but um, look, we'll, we'll see what happens in that space as well. Um, but look, we'll move on then. We'll talk um, our player of the week to review, which is Alfie Jones. Um, I, I said last week to Logan that I thought Matt Ingram was just about the last player to survive from the last time we did these reviews, but actually there are a couple um, still around from that League One season. And uh, Alfie Jones, I mean, he signed from Southampton at the time it was a pretty nominal fee on a one-year deal with a, an option for a second year. Um, but he's since signed uh, essentially a four-year deal um, over the most recent summer period. Uh, 96 appearances for the club already, a goal to his name as well. You know, he, he seems to be one of those, like that summer when we went down to Lake One, we did a lot of very good business. You look at the players that we brought into the club that summer, um, 
considering the level we were playing at and considering the business that we'd done previously and you know, arguably the summer afterwards as well when you consider who came into the club, we hit gold on a lot of those players. Hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, I guess like that's, you know, when you get to look back, you know, hindsight, retrospect, whatever, however you want to, but yeah, it's nice to look back and say, you know what, actually that, you know, some, it's, it is wild to think how long some of the players have been here. It doesn't feel like they've been here for that long. Um, yeah. yeah, like 96, 96 appearances is, um, is, is a pretty, pretty solid amount. Um, you know, he'll, he'll become a centurion this season. Um, and I think, I mean, he's been a good servant for the club, really. I think he's had a few patches where he's had to sort of battle and fight for his place. And I think early on was that you know, they didn't know which box to put him in. Was he a defensive midfielder? Was he a centre-back? Um, but I think he's really, I think especially last year, developed a really nice partnership with McLaughlin um, and really showed that he's got the potential to be, um, you know, a really solid centre-back um for us, and I think, yeah, I think he's he's done a great job, and I'm glad that he's that he's you know signed that or you know renegotiated a new deal, and um, yeah, I'm happy happy that he's there. I think we've got we've, we've yeah, I think you're right. We struck gold with a few of those players. It, it's really fascinating as well because you know listening to some of the previews um, coming into this season and how people thought we would do. And there's a lot of focus on our I guess midfield and attacking talent, but not a whole lot. Put not and also our wing backs to be honest, but not a whole lot of focus on our centre backs. And you look at McLaughlin, you look at Jones. I think they really go under the radar a lot in the league in terms of their quality. And you think since Rosinha came in and we were the what was it, the fourth or the fifth best defence in the league last season, you have to think, you know, great credit to Rosie for for getting us into shape, but also credit to the players and credit to Jones and McLaughlin for actually sort of manning that defence so adequately mm-hmm. and. You think you know some of the centre backs in the league that get a lot of praise, and 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 Jones would just be, I reckon no one would be able to pick him out of a lineup. So it's he's I think he's massively underrated around the league, which is to our advantage because it means that no one's coming in trying to turn his head. But um, yeah, I think he deserves a whole lot more praise. You know, player of the season last year as well. You know, it's it's a pretty decent feat. Yeah, I think um, he's done. Yeah, he's done really really well. Um, I mean, he's just done what a footballer has to do. He's worked hard. He's honed his craft. He's got better. Um, and, you know, long, long may it continue. Indeed. All right. Well, let's move on. We'll talk about the game coming up against Blackburn, uh, still managed by Jean Dahl Thomason, uh, who's been in charge since the start of last season, which is, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like it should be much of an accomplishment, but these days in football, you know, making it through an entire season is, is pretty impressive. Um We've only won one of our last five against Blackburn, actually, so they are a, a little bit of a bogey side for us. And I think, actually, the, the run stretches back more than that. I think it's one in eight or one in nine or something like that. Um, but they've got one win, one draw from the season so far, so still undefeated. They they beat West Rom on the opening day and then drew 2-2 with Rotherham, um, although they had to come from 2-0 down and uh, Rotherham going down to 10 men helped in that one as well. Um, lost... Um, uh, oh gosh, why have I blanked on his name over the summer? Brereton Diaz is who I'm thinking of. They lost Brereton Diaz over the summer, which was sort of their, one of their more potent attacking options. Um, Sammy Schmodich has sort of stepped up as probably their most potent player in that attacking third. But, you know, they're a side that I think a lot were tipping to struggle a bit this season just because their resources 
were were not the best and they hadn't really adequately replaced the players they've lost but you know a reasonably positive start to the season for them and and a pretty i think they're a pretty good opponent like we've sort of had a bit of a mix of everything like we've got norwich as a parachute club we've got chef wednesday as a team coming up and now we've got blackburners you'd all you'd say a pretty even keel to us yeah i think um i think they said uh you know were they they finished in six or just outside last season must have been just, just outside, outside. Yeah. yeah so um but you know they were there or thereabouts anyway um and and i think that's you know you, you're right these are the teams that we want to be um competing with staying in touch with i mean obviously it's you know round three so it's not you know the end of the world but um yeah i, I think it'll be a tough game i think they certainly um pushed us uh last season um but i think you know big really good result obviously that we're coming off the back of um so i reckon we'll go all right i i think it'll be um i think this is you know sort of and we're so so early in the season that sort of everything's you know we're part of a big big longer litmus test really just to see what sort of where we're at and i think um a few more games will probably really tell um where we're at but i think you know if we could get another win here that'd be amazing um, and really start to drift away or make a little tiny little bit of space away from those teams at the bottom um but because i think there's two teams that haven't won a game yet something it's only a couple like, haven't picked up any points. That, yeah sorry sorry picked up any points i think it was um but yeah because i think what are we we're like ninth or something um on yeah on three points but like the top there's only two two teams that have won both teams, games yeah, or something. yeah yeah and so it's it's pretty it's pretty even obviously it's super super early in the season so it's always probably even at this stage but um i think there's no reason we can't get the points um i if i had to tip something probably actually going to tip a draw and we'll round out our loss loss win draw but um changes mm, i mean i don't i haven't really seen what blackburn what they're playing like and i forgot how they played last year because i don't really care how blackburn plays that much except that like for the reasons of what i was talking about earlier is if they're going to sit deep then maybe it's worth you know bringing oscar in to start or something and just shifting that um that onus around a little bit in that attacking third um but if they're gonna try and play and there's gonna be space to exploit then probably delap um to start but otherwise i think like I, i'd keep it as is you know it's a week to recover um even if you know i'm not sure what happened with vinagre but if he's even if mm. he's fit probably just leave greaves there i think you know it worked um we, we played really well that's you know we it seemed like we had a pretty good balance across um the team and nobody really had a had a bad game so i think you got to sort of reward that um and i guess even even like delap didn't have a bad game but i think potentially for a, on a tactical sense you might switch him out if they're going to um sit a bit deeper and we're going to be on the edge of their box a lot more than some you know someone like oscar to to bully and push around and try and squeeze in the box and you know trip over something and knock the ball in the net or whatever it is he does 
Yeah, I, I was going to say the same. I think Oscar in for Delap's probably the main change that I would think to make. Um, Lakilo, you know, I think I think definitely deserves another start. I think he he was pretty high energy and, and really quite positive. He's probably the only other one I could see maybe there being a change if Vaughan's fit and Rosenia wants to throw Vaughan back in. Or as you say, I mean, if Vinagre is fit, whether you even put Vinagre in on the wing and you just say, don't worry about defending, just get up there and have Greaves in behind him. Um, that's probably the only change I'd make um, is Oscar. Um, in terms of a result, yeah, I, I think I, I could see a 1-1 draw. Um, I think... It's the sort of game where you, I'd, I'd probably just take a point from and move on. But, you know, as we were saying, we, you sort of want to capitalise on the great result against Jeff Wednesday. If we can make it two wins in a row, I think that that just sort of starts to build a lot of positive momentum. We get a couple of signings in the door this week as well. Suddenly, the whole mood shifts in the club. Um, so, yeah, look, if we if we could get like a 2-1 win or something like that, obviously you always going to want to take a win. Um, but I wouldn't be unhappy with a draw, I think, in this one. I think Blackburn showing themselves already this season to be a reasonably tough opponent for teams. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's the same thing we always sort of say. If you you pick up points, you're heading in the right direction. So I think, um, yeah, I'd be be content with a point. I'd be disappointed with a loss and I'd be thrilled with a win. Um, But I probably expect, yeah, I think think sort of the same as you. I think like a 1-1 or something, a score draw um, is probably kind of where I see it heading. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Well, look, thanks for joining me for this one, Dan. That's all right. Anytime. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Hopefully, we'll be back next week to discuss another brilliant City win um, after this game against Blackburn. We'll be back the same time next week. And until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. No turning